it will surprise you not at all to find out that I've been spending most of the time asleep in the course of the last week or so, apart from that time between 4am and 7am, where regardless of what I've done preceding that, I seem to have been bolt awake. But uh, even that I've been using reasonably effectively. I've read a book and I've made a compilation podcast for my other podcast two or three days ago as well. So yeah, I've I've decided not to worry about it and, and, and get a roll with it. I've gone late to bed, still awake at four o'clock. I've gone early to bed, up at four o'clock. It doesn't really matter what. My body is ready to go. If only I had a job on breakfast telly, it'd be perfect. <laughs> Perhaps that's what you need. <laughs> Change your career. <laughs> Emily, what's that big pile of foliage doing on your desk? Oh, that's specially for January. Why do you ask? Uh, nothing really. It just seems a bit out of place. New year, new me. Every day I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I see, I think. Is that a new high-definition camera you've got, Richard? Oh, oh, yes, it is. Well spotted. Any reason for the upgrade? Well, it's my New Year's resolution. Oh, dear. <laughs> that's terrible. Anyway, on with the show. Hello and welcome to If It's Hurting, It's Not Working. And if you can believe it, we've reached episode five already, which is all about New Year. So we often like to see the new year as an opportunity for a fresh start. And that can mean a big change in our lives or some tweaks to make it work better for us. And later we'll talk about both of these. But before we get to that, there's a few updates on our podcast. Being featured by our podcast hosting service, Podbean, has brought us some new listeners. And if you're one of those, welcome to our podcast. It's great to have you on board and we'd love to know what you think. Do get in touch. We've seen a clear uptick, I guess, in the number of downloads since we were featured on the, on the service. So thanks for that. And yeah, as Emily says, it'd be great to hear from you and, and to know what you like about it. Also, we're continuing to post material on our webpage, which is ifhurtnot.work with a few HTTPs on the front of that if you, if you need to. And that's where we've got links to all of our podcast episodes and also links to all of our social media accounts. So it's the one place where you can get to everything that we're doing. And we're keen to build a self-help community around this podcast. So if you have any thoughts about our episodes, things that have worked well in your own career or topics that you'd like us to cover, please contact us via our email. Okay, uh, ex exciting news, Emily. Oh, you've changed it. Yeah, I mean, not in time for the script or anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, I've grabbed ifhurtnotwork at gmail.com because I thought it was a bit less spammy than the previous one. So yeah, if you want to use our, our new Gmail email, then then yeah, it's ifhurtnotwork at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you. And obviously, we've got our Twitter account at ifhurtnotwork, our LinkedIn page or our Instagram. And thanks to those of you who have followed us on any of those platforms. Yeah. And look, thanks also to those of you who've said nice things about our podcast. So if you like what we do, please tell others and leave reviews in places like Apple Podcasts. And again, that, that that's really helpful to us in terms of other people being able to find our podcast and being 
attracted to it. So it won't take you too long and it, it'll make a big difference to us. Perfect. So let's get on with our, our podcast. So it's all about New Year. And Richard, I think you're going to start off by telling us a little bit about your New Year's resolutions and why we do like to have a fresh new start in the new year. We all tend to be all too familiar with our own failings and New Year feels like a chance to break out of those patterns. Yes. As you say, Emily, New Year, I guess, offers us a good opportunity, both in our lives and in our work, to have a fresh start. And I guess one of the reasons why we find that really useful is because it's easy to get stuck in particular patterns. And of course, some of them are good patterns, but many of them you know, aren't particularly helpful. So yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity, I guess, to, to reinvent ourselves. So why not take it? I've got a couple of New Year's resolutions that I've, I've thought about, and they're both similar in that they're both to do with focus, but they're slightly different in, in terms of the emphasis. So the first one is something that you talked to me about, Emily, in one of our peer coaching sessions, which is eating the frog, mm-hmm. which I, I did a little bit of a, a search this morning. Apparently, it comes in originally from Mark Twain, the American author, who said, if you eat a frog first thing in the morning, it's the worst thing that's going to happen to you during the, the day and everything else is going to be better. But I guess more recently, that's been taken and used instead as a metaphor for tackling the the key most important thing that you need to do that day and doing it early while you've still got energy and focus and to stop procrastination. And I I suppose probably procrastination is, is one of my worst traits and I get around it by being quite energetic. So although I do put things off because I do quite a lot of stuff, eventually I tend to get around to most of them. But I think what, what I'd like to be doing, I think this coming year is to be focusing on the thing that I need to do on any given day and getting down to it and getting it done. Why do you not do that? Well, why, why I don't do that, I think is because something else is more exciting or more interesting or feels like more fun and so that's the thing that that i want to focus on sometimes it's quite good to do something simple that you that you manage to achieve and it gives you a bit of a boost but the danger is that you get into that thing of well i'll just knock off these half dozen things and then before i know where i am i've used up all the time where i could have been focusing on the most important thing and there's only so many chances you get in a day for for having you know, really good focus on something. So you might as well use the best opportunity you've got on on the one thing that you really need to do that day. So I guess that's the first thing, eating the frog. The second one is similar, but slightly different, which is about the siren call, I suppose, of the urgent. So it's very easy to get distracted and and to get caught up in a drama of urgency. And things like, well, in, in our business, it's Teams notifications, you know, they're coming up all the time emails if you if you look over there instant messages and you know what's today's crisis what's the thing that needs instant attention now of course there are things that need immediate attention and particularly i guess if they're coming from certain quarters so yeah i mean obviously if my boss sends me something i'm going to be sensitive to that rather than if it's coming from somebody else in the organization but i think the danger is that again we get caught up in that oh, i've got to do something about that instantly And again, it takes attention away from things that aren't urgent, but are really important. So again, there are there are a number of things in the course of a month that I will need to achieve in order to do my job effectively. And if I don't focus on those things, then I think that's going to be a problem. So again, the the second thing that I want to do is to be a little bit more focused on what's important 
in my work and a bit less focused on the stuff that's urgent and then maybe find ways of handling urgent stuff in a way that doesn't consume a lot of my time. If you've got thoughts on that, stories that relate to that kind of thing, Emily. No, I think, you know, when I shared the eating the frog with you, you were a bit perplexed to start with. You were like, what, 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 what are you on about here? This feels a bit strange. And then when I explained the rationale behind it, it made sense because all too often it's so easy, isn't it? You've got a list of bits and pieces that you need to get done in amongst all your tasks for the day or the week or even a month. And you, you've got that one bit of work there that you're like, oh, I know I really need to get that done. It's it's not the most interesting piece of work, but it is important. But I can keep putting it off. So by doing the whole eating the frog methodology, it just means that you, you push yourself, you get it done, you get it out of the way and do it in the time of day when it's when you're most energetic. So identifying that some people work better in the afternoon once they've got going throughout the day. Yep. Some people are more energetic in the morning. Or it could be that it's even after work when actually mm. the pressure's taken off. Not many people are contacting you anymore. Everybody else has gone offline or they've left the office or whatever industry you're in and that's the time where you can get your head down and get it done or it could be that you also need to find that time that's right for somebody else if you're working on that project with them so it could be that you've not been getting it done because you've had that period where you're clashing in points of the day where you're energetic and somebody else isn't so you need to come together and find the time that works mutually best for yourselves hmm. so it's not only about just getting it done it's about sort of problem solving and working out why you're not getting it done as well why you're procrastinating and things like that so yeah no I, I do like that one and I think I need to do a bit more of that in the new year as well get the things done that that I've been putting off and I think <laughs> December, I don't know, if, but for me, it always feels like you're running out of steam in December. It's the last bit to get you through to the end of the year where you can go off and refresh and relax and come back with the new energy. I don't particularly make New Year's resolutions. I make pledges to myself of things, little things that I want to get done because life's so busy these days. So I try to pick one that's for myself and then one that's for work. Hmm. And with the, the continued working from home, particularly with the government's lockdowns again, where they've encouraged people to work from home where you can. One thing that I've not been doing enough of is getting fresh air and vitamin D. So that's going to be one of my pledges to myself is first thing in the morning before the household is awake. And I've got some opportunity before I start getting mum and M, where's this, where's that? I need this, I need that to go out, even if it's for 10 minutes, I'm not putting the expectations too high. But just go out for a quick morning walk, listen to a podcast or don't listen to a podcast, just taking the environment around me. So kickstarting my day with that. Mm -hmm. And then from my work point of view, it's very similar to yourself is is making sure that I'm doing the things that I need to do that aren't as interesting. So eating the frog and, and pushing on with that. I, I think that's great. I mean, I guess a, a, an example from my own life where I made a mistake, I suppose, which might be instructive for our listeners was on one occasion when I had a new boss, and this was right at the start of, of our relationship, he, he asked me to do a particular thing. And we had a month, I guess, between when he asked me to do it and when we were going to get back together again. And it was a month in which I was legitimately very busy. And I, or every time I just kept pushing the thing that he'd asked me to do back and back and back thinking, well, no, I, I just need to get this done. And then I can look at it. And in the end, I ran out of time. Now, I mean, even even there, I could have spoken to him about it yep. and said, look, I've got this, that and the other thing. And, you know, we could have had a useful conversation. 
But in my idiocy, I didn't do that. So eventually, the end of the month, I spoke to him and I said, look, I haven't done the thing that you asked me to do because, uh, you know, and it, and it was a kind of, you know, lame bunch of rationalization. And he was about as happy about it as you can imagine. Mm. But I think, I mean, there are, there are some people that you work for who you might get a second chance with. This was not such a person. So look, I brought the problem on myself. I'm not looking for any sympathy in, in, in that regard. But I think it's clear to me in retrospect that there would have been at some point in that month period an opportunity for me to sit down and get the thing done. I can't even remember what it was now. It's so long ago. But to get that thing done. But I didn't take the opportunity. I kept procrastinating. I ran out of time. And then I kind of wrecked that relationship, you know, and he was probably my boss for 18 months. So that, that was a kind of uncomfortable time in my life, which I didn't need to have because I didn't have the right focus. But then that might have been a lesson that you needed to learn <laughs> and a mistake that you needed to be able to make to know for the next time, right, okay, I really need to make sure that I prioritise that and I put that above other things, you know. <laughs> it's the same with your inbox, isn't it? Inbox, open it up at the beginning of the day. you got that period where people have emailed you since you logged off at the end of the day. Right, okay, I've got 15 emails two of which are from my boss, they go at the top of the pile. <laughs> Work on those first. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think, I mean, also in that kind of urgent versus, versus important thing, there's, there's an opportunity, I think, also for us to, to maybe do something quickly with something urgent, but not necessarily the whole thing. So maybe all it requires is for us to get back to our boss on something urgent and say, okay, I've seen that. I know that, that that's something that I need to sort out. And this is the time frame in which I'm planning to do something. And this is what I'm planning to do. And, and maybe, you know, that kind of minute to write an instant message or have a quick call or whatever, you know, however best you communicate with your boss, you know, maybe that's enough to, to still allow you to focus on the thing you need to focus on and then do the thing that's, that's urgent in, 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 a, in an effective time frame, but later on. So there, there are always there are always ways in which you can you can you can get the time that you need for the important stuff uh, and still deal with the urgent if you're lucky anyway yeah no and i think communication is definitely key there isn't it even if it's just you're communicating that to your boss to give yourself that commitment and you're mm. verbalizing that plan that you've got in your head or whether it's actually that you need to have that line of communication with your boss because there's somebody that likes to know that you've acknowledged it you, you you're mm. on it but equally you've set out a bit of a timeline for him there or her and it gives them the opportunity to come back and go well no actually I don't need it that quick or actually I need it quicker than that so even just opening up those lines of communication right at the beginning is setting yourself up for success I think. Mm. Do you know what Emily it's it's a shocking fact that in 35 years of working I've only had one female boss in all that time and I mean she was one of the best but yeah, it's, it's, it's a sobering thought that I've almost invariably worked for men in all that time. Yeah, it's a sad state of reality, but times are changing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for me, I, 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 it makes absolutely no, no difference. I mean, it's, it's, it's to do with the character of the person, isn't it? That just says something about, about the nature of the society in which we work. I suppose something else that I wanted to talk about was that power of reinvention. I mean, we mentioned it slightly earlier in the, our conversation, but I think, 
you should never underestimate the ability or the power of reinventing yourself or presenting yourself in a new way. Now, the easiest way to do that is when you join a new organization or you have a new boss or you join a new team or, or something like that so that they don't have a particular way of looking at you. But I think I think there's always an opportunity and you know, New Year, I suppose, is one of those things when people haven't seen you for a couple of weeks of coming back and saying, actually, this is how I am now and, and this is what I'm like and get used to the new me. Why is that helpful? I guess it's to do with the narrative that we have in our heads. It's a funny thing, but I do believe it. I think if you act out the thing that you want to be, it has some bearing on you actually becoming more like that. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not the only way to, to, to change, but I think if, if, if you think of how it is that you want to be and then you, you act as if it were true, I think it helps it along the way. Yeah, and it helps set the expectation levels for that other person as well. Because if you're just quietly in the background thinking, right, I need to change the way I'm doing this because it's not working or I want to achieve something different. If you just keep that to yourself, like the other person on the other side will be thinking, what, what's going on with Emily? Well, you know, she's come back from Christmas. She's like got a new lease of energy and she's doing things differently. I don't like this. What's this all about? And equally, mm. you know, if you come came up to me, Richard, and you said, right, we're going to be do, 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 do. And I'm thinking, hold on, what's going on here? Richard's acting very <laughs> odd. Like, this isn't his normal working style. So, again, I think it's all about, like, communication really is the root of it all, isn't it? If you communicate well with the people that you're working with, then you're setting yourself up for success. Yeah. And, and, and I suppose most New Year's resolutions or, or pledges or whatever we call them, Mm-hmm. Most of them fail because because habits are hard to get into or hard um, to break out of. But the best way to make them succeed, I think, is the things that we've done here. So, so we've told each other about them. Number one, we've we've told our podcast audience about them as well. Number two, so now that we've done that, and you know, you've heard what they are, we've got, I suppose, that little bit more of an incentive to uh, stick with it and and to to do what we've said we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's something. But then on the other hand, the other reason I think why you sometimes pack it in is the first time that it goes wrong or the first time that you that you fail or, or, or don't succeed with something, you kind of think, oh, that's it. I've, I've, I've blown the resolution that I, that I put out there. And so that's it. I'm, I won't be able to achieve it now. And I think, you know, my view is you should never be that hard on yourself. I mean, it is in human nature mm-hmm. that from time to time we don't achieve the standards that we set of ourselves. And it's okay. It's okay to say, look, I've fallen short. I've made a mistake. I haven't done the thing that I wanted, but I can still achieve that, dust myself off and have another crack at it. And and I think, again, if you have that mindset, if you have the mindset that I didn't achieve it today, but tomorrow or even later today, I can, then uh, you've you've still got a chance to achieve the goal you've set out. Well, yeah, and I challenge our listeners and yourself to look at failure in a different light, that actually it's it's a good thing to fail because it's teaching us how to evolve and get things right or get it to work in a better way than just how we've set it out in our minds. Obviously, it's great to be able to do what we wanted to do first time because it saves us time and it increases our productivity and everything like that. But failure is a good thing because it just hones in on the fact that you're your end product of what you're trying to achieve is better. So yeah, yeah I'd like I'd like to change the the definition of failure in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless I mean, let's face it, it'd be it'd be a miracle if the first time I picked up a piece of music, 
I played it perfectly all the way through. That's not going to happen. But if I've done it 10 or 15 times and I've got used to the, the rhythm of it and, and how it sounds, then I've got a much better chance of going through it without making a mistake. So yeah, it's unrealistic of us to imagine that we can pick something up and be brilliant at it immediately. Although we sometimes always, for some reason, feel that pressure to do so. Mm, yeah, no, it's all about rewiring the brain, isn't it? And the way we look at things. And so, yeah, failure is one of those that don't don't beat yourselves up, guys, if it's if it's not worked out the first time. Yeah. So, so I mean, something else that I was thinking about that, that might be helpful for our listeners was times in our lives when we've made a fresh start and, you know, how that's worked out for us. I mean, I, I guess a couple of times in my life where I, I took that opportunity in a big way once was when I made a kind of threw all my cards in and I, I made a move from the north of England to the south of England, new job, new company. My wife and I made a move. And, and you know, that, that was a that was like a, a, a huge change. And I guess to some extent, the fact that I'm still working for the same organization, still living in the same kind of area means that it, it, it paid off. I mean, it, it, it might not have done. But I think, you know, sometimes we've got to take that risk. When you're dissatisfied with something, you, have, you sometimes have to say, well, look, it's it's worth throwing things in the air and, 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 and trying something different. And then another time, which was a bit less dramatic, was when I'd been doing a, a similar job as a, as a manager of a team, uh, an engineering team. And I, I, I took a job, I mentioned it a few podcasts ago, to become an enterprise architect, you know, within the same organization. But, but I think even so, it gave me an opportunity to reinvent myself as someone who was who was creative and having some strategic thoughts rather than somebody who was being operational and, and, and moving people around to try and uh, achieve a goal. So those opportunities to break a mold and be seen differently help us, I suppose, in, in, in trying to achieve something different in our lives when, when we feel that's something that we want to do. Yeah, because if you didn't take that gamble and that risk of moving down south from up north and starting a new role, and I mean, that's that's huge, huge risk as well, isn't it? To up roots and relocate and it's, yeah, it's paid off. Yeah. Okay. And, and I guess that then brings, brings me to another discussion that you and I have had previously, Emily, this, the, this difference between continuous improvement and transformation. So this is something I guess that I, that I come across in, in my day job. It's, it's something that we, that we think about. So you know, continuous improvement is all about making small changes to something that's working reasonably well, but moving it in a direction that's gonna make it work more effectively. And transformation is about saying, actually this thing isn't working well, so, so we need to find a different way of doing it making small changes isn't it to something that's broken is just going to result in something that's still broken but broken in different ways and i guess uh, an illustration of that might be if you were in east anglia for instance uh, or you know somewhere on that east east side of the country where it's very flat you know you you, you could stand in the in the fens around cambridge or or um, further north where where i grew up and you and you can look for sort of in all directions and you might you know you can see things like power stations and coal mines sticking up if you're if you're in yorkshire or maybe um the the buildings of cambridge but but it's just flat in all directions and if if your goal was actually to be 
you know, as high as you can be. It didn't really matter how, fo- you know, what small changes you make. You're never going to be more than, I don't know, you know, you could get to the, the top of a church tower or something. You're still only a, a few tens of feet above sea level. So you'd have to go somewhere like, you know, the Pennines or the Alps or the Himalayas or something if you really wanted to, to go high. But I guess if, if you're, so that would be transformational. But if your aim was actually, I don't want to get flooded, then I suppose probably all you have to do is move a short distance away from the rivers. And okay, you're, you know, you're on the drainage ditches and you're still pretty low lying, but you're unlikely to get flooded because you're a distance away from the areas that flood. So I guess, yeah. What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that, that it's, to do, it's, it's to do with your mindset there. You, it, what, what's, what, what's the outcome that you want? If the outcome that you want is to keep your feet dry, then, then continuous improvement can get you there. If you want to be a mountaineer, if you want to be able to see vast vistas from a height, then staying in, in that part of the country is not going to do it for you. And tra- transformation is what you need. Mm-hmm. That all makes sense. But this is also true, I guess, from a work point of view. So, so I guess in, in the example of when I moved house and job and everything in you know, all within six months, my wife was unhappy with where we lived. She was, you know, her work wasn't going too well. I wasn't especially happy with the job that I had either. And so a lot of things were wrong simultaneously. And so it wasn't that much of a gamble to change where we were, where we were living and to change for a different job. It took her nearer to where her family were living as well. That, that, that was helpful. Looking back on it, it's, it's a remarkable, considering the kind of safety first kind of life that I've lived, to, we, on, on a whim, on the basis of, of an interview in a place that I'd never been before uh, for an hour, I'd, you know, I made a, ch- a, a change that was complete transformation in my life. But I was, in a, I was, I was ready to do it. I was, in a, it was in a position in my life where I thought, yeah, this is something that I need to do. So, so I guess if you're motivated to want to change, then transformation can be great for you. But equally, if you're not, if you think actually most of what I've got in my life is working well for me, but there are some, there are a few things that aren't working well, then it's possible, I guess, to tweak the job that you're doing. If, if we think about this professionally, it's po- possible to take the job that you're doing and and change one or two things about it so that it you know you get more of what you want out of it. So obviously, this is all your bag and your area of expertise in your work in your job, Richard. So if you were going to go down the continuous improvement approach for your existing job, can you give some of our listeners some tips and hints on how you'd go about doing that? And then perhaps we can look at transformation and how you could tweak that into your current role or elsewhere. Yeah, OK, for sure. That's a, that's a good idea, Emily. If you look at what you're good at and what you enjoy, I mean, often the two things will overlap. But I mean, not everything that you enjoy, you're good at and not everything you're good at, you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Ideally, I suppose we should aim to find wh- where those things meet, because then it, it's going to be a more pleasurable experience and it's going to be effective. So certainly that's one thing. If, if you can persuade your boss or you can find an, a, you know, a, 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 an opportunity maybe for a secondment in the same organization to be doing something that is more aligned with your strengths or your enthusiasms, then that can be helpful. But even within your existing job, you know, you might be able to persuade someone to allow you to work on a particular project. And, uh, you know, it might be something that you are, that where the outcome of that project is is something that you're really enthusiastic about. And then, okay, you know, the, the actual doing of it may not be totally thrilling, but because you're aligned with the outcome, then that can help you get through and help you achieve. I think tailoring your existing job, if you go into it with the right 
attitude and you go in with the right rationale it, you know it, it's it's a conversation that you can have with your boss or with someone in authority in the in the organization that you work you know and the worst that's going to happen is that they can say no to you and then well okay you've still got what you already had which can't have been too bad because we, we we'd already agreed that you were looking for for a a, a small change rather than a, a massive change yep. but if you've explained to them what it is that, that you're wanting to do then even if in the immediate term that change isn't possible then uh, you know at least that person or those people are looking out for the thought or they've got the thought implanted in their head oh you're looking for work of that that type and then maybe when something comes up then there's an opportunity and, and equally so, so i suppose there's that attraction towards things that that you'd be good at and it might also be possible to reduce the frequency or get rid of some of the things that you don't like and again i, I guess the you know the clever way of going about that is not to say i don't want to do those things because they're still going to have to get done probably but it's it's about thinking how can we achieve those things you know how can we get the outcome without me having to do so much work and it might be that there's a, there's some automation that's of, that's possible so that you don't have to you know it doesn't take quite as physically long to to do the things or it might be that you can you can share that with somebody else in exchange for something that they're doing that, that, that there might be an opportunity for, for for changing things up with someone else in the organization but yeah it, it's i guess it's about thinking creatively and then presenting whoever it is you're talking to with something that sounds like a good idea because i guess what you don't want to do is, is is to dump all that and say well look this is what i want to happen but not offer them a solution of how that can happen you want to go with to, to them look you know this is the outcome that i want but this is why i want it and and this is how it can happen this is how it can work and i think you know if, if you if you go with all of that then you're more likely to get a good result and i guess making sure that you're highlighting all the benefits to the organization and for your boss as well as yourself yes yeah and i guess that there should be some because because again as we've as we've discussed if you are really well motivated and it's something that you enjoy and you want to do then the chances are that you will be engaged in that and and it will be a better outcome as a result okay so that's continuous improvement and then the transformation where it's a bit of a bigger thing quite a drastic change yeah and i dare say that you can talk to us a bit about that too emily because you know you, you've made some of those in your life as well i think you know the key thing there is to say okay even if i'm throwing all the cards up in the air you kind of need to think about how am i going to succeed in this new thing that i want to do and you know typically i guess it's by bringing through a core of something that you already know that you can do into all the new stuff so if you know if you've got a bunch of of transferable re reusable skills i mean every, everybody has them if you if you can think well this is something that's different but i can still use all those things that i was good at in the in in previous roles you know and of course that's the basis then probably of the of the interview or, or whatever it is you, else you need to do to, to get hold of that opportunity is to explain you know why you're the right person for that i guess the other way of looking at it though is you don't need to have everything on day one so you know it's okay to go in a bit short of perfection in terms of of a particular role so long as i guess you're determined to make good the the deficiencies so you know if, if you're in taking on something new if you are determined that you will do all of those things and you will you know you you will fill the the gap that people need then you know it's okay to say well okay i'm going to be good at this this and this i'm going to need some help with that uh, i'm going to need to learn about the other and and, and again as we've talked about uh, several times now i think that the communication of that's really important because you know you, you're helping that other person to understand how it's how it's going to work and, and then they can help you to to, to achieve it
I guess, you know, before I come back to you, so if you, so if you think about that drastic move that I was talking to you about, so what I came into the new role with was, it, it was an engineering role and I, and I was an engineer. It was also about monitoring and control. And, and you know, I'd been doing monitoring and control in power stations and chemical factories, and this was in the broadcast environment, but, you know, some of the things were still the same. So, so yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't completely different. It was, it was quite a lot different, but it, but it, there were, there were skills that I had that I could bring to bear. And then there was an awful lot that I needed to learn as well. Yeah. So I suppose for me, the transformation change in my life was obviously very recently and we've covered that in earlier podcasts where um, I've changed from the finance function within our organization to the human resources function so I you know I identified that I had quite a few transferable skills through our, our organization change that we've recently experienced well almost a year ago now gosh yeah I that. but yeah so that was the opportunity that made me think right okay I'm at risk of redundancy. My role's not going to be there for me. Let's have a look and see what's out there. And and here is the opportunity for me to make that drastic change from one function to another and a career change effectively to another area. So for me, that has paid off. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Like you say, I didn't have everything that I needed for the role on day one. There were a lot of things that I needed to be trained up on on how to do things with a completely new function. But once I'd got that, those in the first few weeks and months under my belt, it's now I'm bedding into the role, giving myself the opportunity to go, right, what else can I do within this? How can I make change this role and develop it for myself and as well as the organisation? So as scary as it is, like yourself, when you move to the south, it's sometimes worth taking that gamble and if it didn't work out then there were other things that I could have fallen back on and gone back to so yeah that's the way that I see it for my transformation side on what I've experienced recently to put it into real terms for people yeah and I guess you know again it it goes into that narrative we were talking about earlier that you don't need to see it as a personal failure if something doesn't work out Mm. So, so I guess as an example of that in my life, 10 months before I made that big move down south, I moved from a job that I'd been doing for almost 10 years to go and work in a chemical factory. And I think within about a week, I kind of knew that it was this wasn't the job for me. But I, you know, I stuck it out for a bit and it, and it did get better, you know, and, and, and it was a useful experience. I'm, I, I don't regret having it. But I think also it's OK to say, well, that didn't work out for me that that you know that wasn't the right move it wasn't it wasn't a permanent move but it was a stepping stone or it was it was a it was something in which i i learnt about myself so that when another opportunity came up i was in you know a decent place to go to take that one on so obviously the the, the bigger a risk you've you've taken and the and, and the larger the move you've made then the bigger the consequences perhaps of it not panning out but it's you know it's it's not the end it's not a, it's not a disaster there are always other ways of moving forward don't despair if transformation doesn't work for you immediately if at first you don't succeed try and try again indeed yeah yeah so I hope that that's been a helpful discussion for our listeners. I, I hope that if you've been thinking during you know, over the Christmas period, I mean, I hope you haven't been thinking too much about work. I hope you've, you've been having a good opportunity for rest and relaxation and time with family and friends and, and so on. But in, in quiet times, if you have been thinking about your work and if you've been thinking, I'd like to make a change or I'd like to do something differently, then I hope that what, we've, that what Emily and I have discussed now is a help to you in, in taking some of those thoughts forward. 
Yeah, now's a good opportunity to do that as well when you're going into a fresh new year. You've had that break from Christmas, so it's not too much of an issue if you haven't had the opportunity to think about it in between. Um, the fact that you've rested and relaxed is obviously just vitally important, but it does mean that you can go in and, and still do that. You haven't missed your opportunity where you can just have a little sit down and a think, but just don't procrastinate too much. <laughs> <laughs> Very nicely put. So as a thank you to our podcast host, Podbean, who choose If It's Hurting, It's Not Working to be one of their featured podcasts just before Christmas, we're also going to be promoting them. Podbean is an easy to use and cost effective way to create your own podcast. You can download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcasts and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. So head on over to Podbean, that's P-O-D-B-E-A-N at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 to get your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Yeah, thanks, Emily. And I guess we, we wanted to say again why having a podcast hosting service is useful. Well, I mean, it's, it's essential, but, it, but, but, but why you want to choose your podcast hosting service carefully. And some of the advantages for us of having used Podbean is that it takes a lot of the technical issues away. So you know, what, what we wanted to be doing was having these conversations and thinking about how to create good and effective messages for our listeners. And we weren't as enthusiastic, I suppose, about worrying about bandwidth or RSS feeds or, you know, technically, how are people going to find it? And then, of course, how you find it is is really important. So having your podcast in places like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify so that, so that it can be searched and found from those services is really important. And again, Podbean offers a lot of help and a lot of tutorials about how you do those things and, and, and simple forms that allow you to submit your details so that you get your podcast in those directories. And that's, a, that's an easy way then of, of getting yourself heard. And then finally, what it offers, and, and you know, this is always something to warm the cockles of the heart of a Yorkshireman, is that you get try before you buy. So you don't have to invest instantly in a podcast host until you've discovered whether there's a market. And you're never going to know whether there's a market for your podcast until you've put it out there. So it gives you the opportunity to, to do what you need to do, not, not have to outlay any money. People can listen. And then if it turns out that not too many people are going to download your podcast, well, you know, you can think again, you, you can maybe decide to do something differently. You haven't committed, I guess, financially at that point. Again, as we said earlier, you don't need to see that as a failure. And, you know, certainly our experience of doing this, and, and I've done other podcasts too, is it's always a bit of a slow start, but you do build momentum over time. And I guess to go back to the fact that we've been a featured podcast with, with Podbean over the last few weeks, it's, you know, it's really helped. We've ended up with, with a substantial boost in the number of downloads and a number of, of new people have found us. And the longer that goes on and the more episodes that, that you produce and there's more of a back catalogue, also the search engines find you so that you're more likely to be the result of a search, then it all builds momentum. If you've enjoyed our podcast episode, please rate us and leave reviews in places like Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. And also tell your family and your friends and your colleagues and your neighbours, anyone that you think might like to listen to this podcast. If you don't like it, please don't tell anyone because 
a bad review travels far and fast. So yeah, if you don't like it, that's fine. We don't mind that. But uh, yeah, if you can keep it to yourself, that'd be great. And we'll be back soon. Thank you very much for tuning in again. Yeah, indeed. Bye for now. I've come downstairs because the household is still upstairs asleep. Well, fair enough. Stirring. But so far, this is the quiet room in the house. <laughs> the only annoying thing is I'm on one screen, so I won't be able to see you now because right. I need to see the script more than yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I, uh, what, what was it um, Ronnie Corbett said? I know my place. Mm. Um, it probably would help if I actually had the script in the right place. I just noticed on the first line, your um, Richard's got that fancy little tick under the sea. So you're. Oh, right, that's you, interesting, isn't it? Ricard this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it helps. Ex- <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat>